we invite people into God's transformation in our lives, then it gives them the opportunity to experience God in a way that they wouldn't without that. As long as we go into any type of relationship with a certain level of humility, we don't need to be afraid. We, we're supposed to give an answer for the hope we have, not for all the answers. You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. Hello and welcome back to Our Urban Voices. I'm your host, Dr. Alphonse Javet. Today, I'm joined by Bill Merrifield. Our topic today focuses on helping Christians understand different ways to engage culture in multi-religious settings such as diverse cities. Dr. Bill Merrifield worked cross-culturally in Beirut, Lebanon for 17 years. He holds an EDD, which is a Doctor of Education in Educational Leadership, an MA in Middle Eastern Studies, an MA in Religion, and a BA in Theology. Dr. Merrifield works as the Vice President of Engagement for IDEAS, I-D-E-A-S. His focus areas include culturally situated critical thinking, special education in the Arabic-speaking world and understanding Islam through a historical and cultural lens. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Alphonse. All right. Before we um, start the interview, let me ask you about your family. I think it's important to share a little bit about families because the audience needs to know you um, before they understand uh, what you do. I think uh, when we talk about family, it, it humanizes us. So I want them to know you. So share with us a little bit about your family and then we'll start the interview. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm married to Joelle, is my wife. She's actually Lebanese. So grew up in Lebanon and then spent some time in the US in middle school, but then we met at grad school at Trinity International University in Deerfield, Illinois. So she was doing an MA in counseling. I was doing my MA in religion at the time. So we met there. We got married. And then shortly after, about a year after being married, we moved to Beirut together. And uh, we have four children. They were all born in Beirut. Our oldest is 18. He's Zane. We have Riyadh, who is 16. And then Adam, who is 13, and Maya, who is 12. And so all four of them are with us here now in Wheaton, Illinois, but they're all born and raised primarily in Beirut. All right, that's awesome. Uh, my audience already, they know that I got four children too, but my children are very young. Um, my oldest is six now, and then uh, four, and my girls are twin girls, they are two. So we we are just just raising them. We're still in the yeah. process of raising them. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. think that ever stops. Yeah, right. I heard that too. I had a grandfather once on my show and he was saying that to us. Okay, yeah. we'll continue. Let's start with the, the basics. From from what I what you have seen from living abroad and as a cross-cultural worker, why do you think it's important for Christians to be able to understand different ways to engage culture and people of different religions? Yeah, I think it's very important. You know, my experience, I grew up in California and then being in a cross-cultural marriage uh, opened my eyes in a lot of ways to the depth of the way that culture shapes our perspectives of the world. And then having the opportunity to live in Beirut and learn the language and the culture 
I've been able to see the way that culture opens up our understanding of God's kingdom. It also is very important to recognize how our cultural orientations can all be offered to God in different ways, that they all can glorify God in different ways. And so I think the, the challenge is sometimes when we're used to or, or raised in one culture, we have a hard time seeing other ways of, of engaging and worshiping uh, Jesus in ways that are unfamiliar to us. And so it can be really uncomfortable. And so what it's done for me is it's, it's helped me just see the vastness of God's love of diversity and, and given me a glimpse, I think, to some extent of what it might look like in heaven beyond simply just different languages, but what it might mean for different cultural expressions to be worship, worshiping, worshiping God forever. Yeah. So where do you begin? Do you start with understanding the culture of our community or understanding what our role can or should be within our community? I think I, I like to begin, it's very important for me to begin with people and with myself and understanding my own assumptions. Uh, what are my cultural assumptions? And once I begin to recognize what those are, then in engaging with others, really looking to discover and understand what their cultural assumptions are in a way to move towards respect and dialogue, a way to understand one another so that then we can have real genuine conversation uh, about important issues. And so I always, I, I like to, so I teach and in, in all my teaching, I always start with trying to unearth our assumptions because so many of our assumptions we're not even aware of. And so as we begin to uncover what our assumptions are, then we are equipped to begin to understand others. And so I always believe it's, it's you start with yourself uh, and then you learn as you engage with others. That's awesome. One of the frameworks that you have talked about is the SODAP model. Um, and I want to I wanna hear about that. I want to know what does the SODAP stands for and how does mm -hmm. it relate to cultural engagement of Muslim people. Uh, but yeah. before that, uh, would you mind also helping us to understand what is this ideas, what ideas stand for? And then let's talk about SODAP what it stands for, and what is this model all about? Any other religious uh, group uh, we may encounter? How, 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 how all of that works? Yeah, so IDEAS, we're an organization of Christian professionals that feel a call to engage in God's global mission through our work as a holy calling. And so we work in five sectors, is what we call them. So we work in the fields of agriculture, education, community development, health and wellness, and business entrepreneurship. And the, the idea is that God's great commission is not given to a small percentage of the church, uh, what has traditionally been seen as you know, church planners or evangelists, but that actually the, the great commission was is, is available for everyone. And so our niche in God's global mission is to encourage people who see their work as holy calling, to see it as something that's offered to God as an act of worship, to not simply ask the question of what am I doing, but ask the question of where am I doing it? And so we, we serve and we work in areas where we create transformational projects and programs with, with followers of Jesus who are using their professional skills. That's awesome. So now let's talk about this uh, framework. 
one of the frameworks you have talked about is the SODAP model. Mm -hmm. And what does SODAP stands for and how does it relate to cultural engagement of Muslim people? So SODAP is a model that I adapted from Dr. Martin Naad, who's a friend of mine, a Lebanese scholar in Lebanon. And he uses a similar model called CCAP in Christian Muslim dialogue. And so I've I've kind of built off what his work and, and made a few changes to the SODAP model. And it, the SODAP model is a way to, to understand that there are different ways to engage with people culturally. I think sometimes within Christian belief or ideas, there's this, uh, there's this concept that if I engage in a certain way, it will co-op my faith, that it, I'm not being faithful. And so what SODAP does is it tries to create different ways of understanding engagement and then creating a, a set of boundaries for what, where, what are different ways that we as followers of Jesus can engage in a way that's faithful to our belief. Would you walk us through SODAP and tell us some of its uh, pros and cons? Mm -hmm. So the SODAP model, so each of the acronym letters stand for something. So S stands for sameness. And this is the idea that if you're looking at different religions or different worldviews, that basically they're all the same, that at the core, they share the same ideas. And so the, the goal when you come to any type of religious dialogue from the perspective of sameness is to maintain the status quo. There is no goal because the idea is that everything is basically different paths up the same mountain. And uh, so there's no real need to engage. And so then the O for SODAP stands for overlap. And so when we talk about overlap, we're looking for shared values. So we're looking for opportunities where people of different uh, worldview perspectives might share a value. That doesn't mean that they have the same assumptions that lead to that value. So for instance, if we're talking about the fact that humans have worth, so whether you're a secular atheist, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a follower of Jesus, we would all agree that humans have worth. Now, the assumptions why humans have worth is different. But because we share the, the value that humans have work, worth, we can work together towards making sure that people receive that worth in society. Or, for instance, that humans have rights, that we can work together for a more just society because we share the value that humans have rights. Now, again, there's different assumptions. So for a secular humanist, rights are given, they're ascribed by government. Mm -hmm. For a Muslim, it's rights are results of how they understand God's giving them rights. For, for, for a Christian, our rights are, are related to being created in the image of God. So our assumptions, what gives humans those rights might be different but we agree on a value. And so we can work together in a way that doesn't co-opt the fact that we have differences in our assumptions about the world. So then you move on to, did you wanna say something? No, to no, that? go on, go on. It's it just brilliant. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, uh, you know, here you have the S and then the O is like a circle that, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, as you're talking, I'm just putting that in my mind. That's brilliant, right. continue please. So we have the S and the O, and then we move on to the D. And so D is for dialogue or discussion. And this is where we move to the level of engagement where we're really trying to understand 
the coherence and consistency of a different perspective than our, than our own. So what are the assumptions that someone has that are different than mine? Why do they have the assumptions? Uh, what it, how do they understand the coherence of their perspective and how it's consistent? And the goal of engagement on the D level is really respect and mutual understanding. So we might disagree, but I'm trying to really understand your perspective. What are the assumptions that, that lead you to your particular actions? And so we're really working towards understanding one another. Uh, and then the A stands for argument, or if you want to use a more theological term, apologetic. So when we're engaging on the A level, the goal is to actually try to convince someone. So now I've understood your perspective, but I'm trying to convince you why my perspective is more accurate or more aligned with what is true or real in the world. And so there's an engagement where we're actually trying to convince one another of our perspectives, making arguments. And then the P stands for polemic. And so the goal of a polemic approach is you're really just trying to destroy another point of view. You're trying to uh, demonize it or point holes in it, poke holes in it, or talk about why it's irrational or it's not something that someone should believe. And so with the SODAP, S-O-A-D-P, the idea is that believers in Jesus can work within the O, A, and D levels that our faith gives us a broad enough umbrella to engage on those three cultural levels, but we should always avoid the S and the P. So we should never get to the point where we think that everything's exactly the same, and we should never go to the point where the goal is to destroy another perspective. I think both of those are outside of what Jesus calls us to do. And so when somebody's engaging on the A level, I might be called to, be, to engage on the O level, and so I want to encourage and, and recognize someone else is engaging on the A level, and that's good. And I want them to recognize and encourage that God's called me to, to engage on the O level, and that is also good. But it's just a framework for helping people recognize different ways that God's called us to engage in redemptive acts in the world. Yeah. So it seems like uh, the, the focus of uh, SODAB is to uh, clear the path for engagement and allow people to uh, consider engagement as uh, a God-given uh, opportunity that we can at least forget about everything else for at least for the initial level, uh, initial stages, engage, and then everything else uh, uh, comes later. Uh, so at least it, it removes that fear of uh, uh, whether a cultural fear or religious uh, hesitation that, oh, he's from the different religion. Um, why do you think that we might get stuck thinking that only one way is the right way to engage people of different religions. I think there's a lot of reasons that, that we do that. I think at times uh, we feel uncomfortable mm. uh, when we're trying to, to navigate uh, being in situations that are different than ones we're, we're used to. You know, I grew up as a cultural majority in the U.S., but then when I moved to Beirut, I, I stepped into what I call an empowered minority position. So all of a sudden, I was you know, voluntarily displaced, so not involuntarily displaced. I chose to be there, but I was a voluntarily displaced, empowered minority. And so all of a sudden, I began to recognize that when you are in a position, a, a minority position, it's a very different way of understanding. And, and Lebanon... Uh, went through 15-year civil war, and so there's a lot of, kind of baggage from that. 
And I do think that sometimes when people engage, there's a fear. There's a fear. Am I going too far? Am I being faithful? Is what he's doing okay? Is what she's doing okay? And so a lot of times people are trying to, to, to evaluate themselves uh, and it puts them in a place of fear. And so what SODAP is meant to do is, is to help us move beyond that fear, to recognize that really what we're, we should be looking for is the orientation of people's hearts, recognizing there's a broadness to the way that God engages in the world and helping us understand that just because you're not doing the things the way I'm doing things doesn't mean that you're not doing things the way God wants you to be doing things. Um, and so it's really just all it is is a framework to help people begin to evaluate, oh, I now I understand what that person is doing and why it's different than what I'm doing and that it's okay that I'm doing this and that they're doing that. That's awesome. So how would you engage Christians to get unstuck and see the value in, in the different ways to engage our multi-religious, multicultural communities? Well, I think what I encourage people to do is more than anything to invite people into their own transformation. Um, I think one of the things I've talked with people about is they get hung up on not knowing the answers to questions or being afraid they're going to offend uh, when they engage. And so it creates all these obstacles and just helping people to recognize that is when we gauge authentically, transparently, without agendas, and we invite people into God's transformation in our lives, then it gives them the opportunity to experience God in a way that they wouldn't without that. As long as we go into any type of relationship with a certain level of humility, we don't need to be afraid. We, we're supposed to give an answer for the hope we have, not for all the answers that we have. So I really try to encourage people uh, towards that, that end. Excellent. So this, this podcast is from New York. It's based in New York City. And uh, our focus has been on urban uh, issues and urban voices. We want to present that. So with that in mind, now the application. Uh, often my guests are missionaries. Often my guests are uh, workers or pastors who are in urban setting. Many of them, many of them are from Metro New York area. Um, how is this relevant for missionaries? The SODAP model relevant to for missionaries or urban leaders in America. I think it's really important for any followers of Jesus, wherever they're at, um, mm. to, to recognize that God has called us to engage in redemptive acts in the world. And redemptive acts are, are not simply verbal. They're not simply uh, acts of service, that they're integral, they're, 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 they work together. And that um, one of the things I, I really try to encourage people to do is to spend less time focused on what other followers or Jesus are doing and evaluating and critiquing that and more time focused on engaging in a way that brings honor to Jesus where, where you're at. So I definitely think in a, an urban center, similar to what I was experiencing in Beirut, you are called to engage with the people in that community where they're at. And so I think the O level of SODAP is really important. 
to look for areas where we have shared values, to build uh, bridges so that you can achieve common objectives together, which can open the door for real genuine relationship and dialogue and things of that nature. Um, if we are going to try to bring any type of transformation, it's it's pretty overwhelming to think that we're going to do that on our own, especially for a minority in a majority culture. And so learning to do that with others is, I think, a really important first step. Yeah. What about the global Christian then? How could this understanding apply to Christians who may be, may be part of the majority culture or maybe or 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 be part of a marginalized community, but in a global? Right. I think again, I think one of the one of the goals for me when I talk about SODAP is to create a sense of cultural humility. And when we engage, whether we're from the the majority or the minority, I think learning to engage in a culturally humble and culturally agile way. I think one of the one of the things that was very important to me when I moved to Beirut was not to use my position of power uh, as a way to attract people to the message of Jesus. I really wanted to have it be the message of Jesus that was what was attractive. And so I think what SODAP or, or engaging in these ways can do is it can really help us understand that God's work is much broader than what I'm doing and that there's a certain humility to do what God's called me to do as faithfully as I can and then to also look at what other people are doing as faithful acts of service and really encourage them in what they're doing as faithfully as they can. Amen. Before we close out today's episode, is there anything else you would like to add? I think the one thing I might add, which is another kind of illustration, because mm -hmm. what has been what I've been thinking a lot about is when you step into the world, you are easily overwhelmed. The, the world is like a river that's flowing in a direction away from God, and the current is strong. And I think what I've recognized as when I was younger and I wanted to bring about transformation, the way that I viewed about it, viewed it was that I actually wanted to turn the river the other direction. And when I stood in the river, it, it just was too strong. I, I couldn't do that. And so I really had to recalibrate my understanding of what transformation looks like or what I should hope for as a follower of Jesus. And the the image that God gave me as I was thinking about this is of an eddy. And an eddy is a part of a river where the current actually goes against the flow of the river. And so what causes an eddy is a large obstacle that stands in the river, a large rock or, or tree. And then as the river hits it, it creates a reverse current. And, the, and so what really has struck me is that what, what Christ has called us to is to stand in the flow of the river, to not move, to, to have the impact of the river hit us, but with the power of Christ stand firm, and then create an opportunity for an eddy, so that if somebody encounters us, they can experience the kingdom of God in a brief place, brief time of history, a brief place uh, through our lives. And at some points in, in the river, it's gonna be shallow, and so creating an eddy is much easier, and that might be in a Christian culture where people have a, 
a Christian understanding. Other parts of the river are really deep, and that's where ideas in particular feels like we've been called to go into the deep parts of the river. And there it might take generations for you to build up enough of an obstacle for an eddy to take place. Um, but really, the goal is not to switch the flow of the river. The goal is to create these eddies of transformation until Christ comes again, at which point he will reverse the flow of the river. And instead of flowing away from the kingdom of, of God, it will flow into the kingdom of God. Oh, man, that's excellent uh, illustration. I will use it for my sermon now. And I'll tell them like, oh, Bill gave me that. Uh, Bill, if uh, listeners wants to get in touch with you, what are the easiest ways? Well, our uh, website is ideasworld.org. So you can go to the Ideas website and um, check out what we're doing. Uh, you can also search for me on the Ideas website, Bill Merrifield, and, and there's a way to get in contact with me there. Or if somebody simply wants to email me, my email address is bill.merrifield at ideasworld.org. Great. That will also be included in the episode's description um, so people can have access to all of this data. Um, for the last thing, because we talk about heavy topics on this uh, podcast, sometimes uh, um, it's as heavy ha as uh, listening to somebody talking about persecution, not just a, a, an idea, but literally people being uh, uh, killed for the kingdom of Christ. Um, other time is just, you know, dealing with um, hate, dealing with poverty. So there are so many things going on in urban settings. So what I do is I close always, I try to close with a joke. So I like to ask you to tell us a joke. Well, I'm not much of a comedian, but the joke that I use with my children all the time is the, is what do an elephant and a plum have in common? What? They're both gray, except the plum. Okay, that's good. All right. I wonder if my children will get it. Do they get it? Your children? They do. They think it is incredibly stupid, and yet... Okay, there you go. Funny. Okay, that's how they're going to get it. They're not going to think that it's funny. They're going to think like, Dad, that's just stupid. All right, All right, so I'm glad that you brought this up. I appreciate you, brother. Continue the work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for being on the show again. That was Bill Merrifield. And thank you to all our listeners. We truly could not do this without you. If you learned something, have a topic suggestion, or would like to leave us feedback, drop us a note at OurUrbanVoices.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave an honest review wherever you listen to your podcast. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. 